I'm Anna Lisa. I'm Maggie. And I'm Nicole. And this is Unconditional, the podcast. Welcome back to Unconditional, the podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about sleeping, good sleep hygiene. And sleep is like my favorite activity of my 24 hours. I actually wake up. No, I, I well, I wake up in the morning and enjoy my coffee. And then I'm like, oh, I can't wait till it's time to like lay back in bed and read my book. And <laughs> which maybe I don't know what that says about me. But so I, I love this topic says it about me too so we're on the same page um just man sleep is so great getting some getting some shut eye is like my favorite thing to do I um I'm on the opposite spectrum guys I uh I really when I wake up I'm like all right let's do the day and then I will. So I guess technically because I'm more of a night owl, like I've always been one to be like, I do the best in the afternoon, evening. And so when I wake up in the morning, it's not, Ooh, I'm going to go back to bed. It's just kind of like, why am I awake right now? Uh, <laughs> and then when it's time to get like ready to go, it's harder for me to get into the gear of going to bed um in general or at a decent time because i'm used to being so productive later on um which might be remnants of when i was in school <laughs> but um but yeah no i uh i'm not i've never been a napper never been one to really prioritize sleep um which is horrible to say as a counselor and i tell my clients like the complete opposite um but but yeah no i'll out myself um not my not my not my cup of tea or my activity um that I like you're like here's what not to do guys (laughs) basically yeah poster child of like do not follow say do as I say not as I do in this situation all right so any clients listening "Er, well I don't do it (laughs) don't listen to me (laughs) so that's okay right so from an evolutionary standpoint right? When, if you're thinking of like thousands of years ago, you wanted your village to have a mix of people who, who thrive and do especially well at all different times of the day and night. Why? Because you need someone sitting around the campfire at night to watch out for lions or bears or whatever. And you also need people who are up in the morning and, and helping to deal with the morning tasks. So if we were a tribe thousands of years ago, we would be thriving together. That was a really interesting connection. I was not expecting that. Takes a village. We are a village, people. <laughs> That's what happens when you do your first career in anthropology and then you <laughs> mid midlife change your career to counseling. I'm always reaching back into the, oh, from an anthropological perspective, blah, blah, blah. My clients are like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And like, if we were all on the same schedule, like we would have big problems back then, (laughs) you know, overnight would be a really hard, easy time for people to come and 
you know, take over our, our, our campsite. So, or territory, there it is. Um, <laughs> Actually, e even now, if we were all on the exact same schedule, our, our counseling practice would have problems because there are folks that need to come at, you know, eight, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I am happy to work with those folks. And then there are people who need to come at six, seven, eight o'clock in the evening. And thank goodness, Nicole and, and Heather, you know, and Cleo are available <laughs> to work with those evening folks. So like now, now that our listeners know exactly where we're at um, with our sleep schedules, what, uh, what is, what is sleep hygiene? I guess is where we start at. Like, what is, what is sleep hygiene? Why is it good? Why do we even talk about this? Why is this, why is this a thing? Yeah, let's start with why does it matter? And then we can talk about what good sleep hygiene actually is. So I did a, a little search on um, how, how consistent and good sleep patterns fit into our mental and emotional health. And, um, and I found a, a blog or yeah, an article from Harvard Health that said it's actually not clear what the connection is between mental health and sleep. Um, we don't know exactly what's happening in the brain, but what we do know from the, the neurochemistry um, is that people who do get better sleep are less emotionally vulnerable and if you have chronic sleep deprivation, it sets the stage for negative thinking and more emotional vulnerability. So we don't know why it happens, but we know that it's really important to get good sleep if you wanna be, you know, have really solid mental health. Yeah, and, and we also know that at different times or phases of life, you need different amounts of sleep in order for it to be considered like, the recommended or right amount of sleep. I use quotation marks. Um, and so for a, a newborn, like 14 to 17 hours is the recommended amount of sleep for the CDC. Um, and then you look at um, how that drops as time goes on. Uh, so infancy, which is like four to 12 months is 12 to 16 hours. If you're at school age, which is like six to 12 years, you're at nine to 12 hours. Teens need eight to 10. Um, and then our adults, it's about eight, like seven or more hours a night. Um, but like about seven to nine is like the recommended from ages 18 um, and, and all the way up. Um, and so it definitely changes as time goes on um, what would be the best route uh, depending on what's going on during that development. So when we talk about good sleep hygiene, I, I wonder, I want to ask you, Maggie, so so as like the, the non-clinical non professional in the room, sorry. Um, did you ever use the phrase sleep hygiene <laughs> before you came into a clinical practice? Like, does that mean anything to folks who are not counselors? I mean, yes, definitely. I've never actually like said, the, like, I never said, wow, my sleep hygiene is at its, <laughs> at its top notch right now. No, but um, I think we can all understand the concept of, of what it, what it means. You know, let's break it down, sound it out, hygiene, taking care of yourself, sleep, you know, 
getting the getting the the healthy amount that is required to take care of yourself each and every day it was interesting when nicole said like when you're in school and you're you're supposed to be getting around 9 to 12 hours of sleep i i feel like i've gone back i've gone backwards i feel like it's been the opposite like during school that was when you had so much homework so you were up until like 10 o'clock at night and then you had to be up at 5 a.m to get ready for school to catch the bus at 6 45. Um, it's definitely been always been something uh, of a conscious topic to me because when I would not get enough sleep, especially like during school nights, I the only like human function I could muster up was crying. I would just cry when I was exhausted. And that like there's no worse feeling than being so exhausted that you you literally cannot function um so definitely it's definitely important but like you said we don't exactly know why so we don't really have an answer for that question but it's it's implied (laughs) so it's funny that you mention about in a time where you would need more sleep. There's so many activities that are being done, especially in school age. So like that particular time is like six to 12 years old um, for nine to 12 hours. Um, and even for teens for from 13 to 18, it's eight to 10. But you figure that's a time where a lot of sports are starting, a lot of other activities are going on. Um, you know, you're just gaining more interest. And then also school starts so much earlier as like, you know, you go through uh, that time of life. Um, And I remember specifically sitting in AP psych class, learning about sleep and being like, wait a second. So how does that figure? Like my math, not that I'm a great mathematician, must be off because I'm clearly not getting that amount of sleep. Um, (laughs) And so I think like, that speaks to the fact that like we have our cultural things that stick to product being productivity and being successful and focusing more on putting so much stuff into the time that we're awake and then also looking at what the science is telling us which is you need x amount of hours of sleep in order to be productive and successful um, and how that can have a kind of cross wires a bit. Um, And then as we get older, then it's like, wait a second, I only need seven to nine hours, really? Because I feel like I probably need a bit more. Yeah, this is a real problem in um, certain school districts, right? Where the, uh, as you move from, middle school to high school, the start time becomes earlier. Um, and then those activities in the evenings mean the kids aren't actually getting any more sleep. Um, and the studies show that they, um, pe- people's grades go down, like the like across the, the district, you'll see like when a high school moves to an earlier time, grades start going down, there's more fights that happen, right? There's more problems that occur. But it's so complicated because of transportation, bus transportation makes it so that like 
schools can only respond so much, right? They can only help so much in this issue. So it's the kind of thing that like teachers and parents and administration and the, um, the school board all have to like work together to figure out, okay, what are we gonna prioritize? And certainly I'm biased, but I think prioritizing sleep is gonna just give you this snowball effect where everything else is going to get better, right? If we can just give, give our kids, you know, that extra hour. Feeling anxious, stressed, or overwhelmed? Join local Montgomery County author and animal-assisted therapist Annalisa Smithson for a 21-day journey of compassionate, playful self-discovery. Readers will relish this timely, easy-to-digest pilgrimage of self-love, which Smithson offers through 21 snack-sized chapters that can be easily digested before breakfast. Unconditional Learning to Love Your Authentic Self is available now on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and hardback versions. Get your copy today. Go to AnnaliseSmithson.com for more information or find Unconditional on Amazon. All right, so when clients come in to first start doing work uh, with me, and I, I generally do work uh, with folks who are overcoming depression, anxiety, or addiction. Um, so regardless of which of those three camps they fall into, um, I often start with a conversation about sleep. So how is your sleep hygiene right now? And then in addition to that, how are you eating, right? How's your nutrition and what's your exercise? Like those three things overlap and they are the foundation, right? That's like what's going to get us to your mental health goals, right? Knowing that those three things are, are setting, like giving you a solid start. So good sleep hygiene has to do with creating a series of tiny habits that you can stick to on a daily basis. And it starts in the morning, right? So when you get up in the morning, if you have your, your cup of caffeine, You've got to limit yourself. And this is one that I have a hard time <laughs> like modeling good behavior, like do as I, I say, not as I do, because I love coffee. I love it. And I love tea. <laughs> and I have a cup in my hand right now. Um, but yeah, it, you, you want to limit the amount of caffeine that you have from the very beginning of the day. And you want to make sure that you're getting exercise early enough in the day that you're not jazzing yourself up right before bedtime. Um, but certainly at, at some point, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do it as soon as you roll out of bed, but at some point during the day, you want to get some exercise so that you're building up your, like, you're like using up your wakefulness, just like by the time you get to nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, you want to have like a good buildup of sleepiness, right? So the exercise gets you that wakefulness in the morning. And then there's, there's small things that you can do in your environment. You make your bedroom dark and quiet. You put it at a really comfortable temperature. So once you go to sleep, you can stay asleep. And this is the one everybody hates, removing all electronic devices. So get that blue light out of your face <laughs> as soon as you can, because you're tricking your brain into thinking that it's still daytime when you're looking at a screen before bed. So those are the basics of good sleep hygiene. I wonder if the two of you have any other tips that you would add. 
So there's a couple others that I talk about with some of my clients and there's um, some that I try and do myself. I, I emphasize trying because um, as Lisa was literally talking about limiting caffeine, I was sipping my own cup of coffee. Um, but one thing or a couple of things to mention are to try and not eat really close to when you're about to fall asleep. And so not only is that good for digestion, um, but that can also cause uh, wake up, um, you know, especially if it's like a big heavy meal, um, something with extra spice or like is really hot and might cause acid reflux or anything like that, that can cause you to wake up. Um, and also digestion takes energy. And so as you're digesting at night, that could also be interfering. Um, with your sleep schedule. Uh, another thing, is, two things to stay away from are smoking and drinking before bed. Um, so there is the classic nightcap that people have talked about. Um, and so people also say that it makes you sleepy and it's really kind of tricking you. Uh, it's a gotcha moment with alcohol of it really is not giving you restful sleep. Um, but it might make it easier to fall asleep initially. Uh, so trying to avoid moderate alcohol consumption right before bed um, or close to bed is a benefit. Um, and also with smoking, nicotine is considered a stimulant. And so a nighttime cigarette, probably not the best option. Um, so trying to uh, reduce when that uh, is happening right before bed uh, is, is a good way to go. Um, a thing that I like to do as a person, and also I mentioned to clients as well, is trying to restrict in-bed activity um, to like sleep and sex, right? Those are the two things that really the bedroom is for. Um, and so if you are spending a lot of time in bed when those two things are not happening, um, it can start to correlate with your brain of this is a place to hang out and not necessarily to wind down. Um, and so trying to, if let's say you're not quite ready for sleep yet, delaying the time that you're going into sleep, maybe read a nice book, get your like bedtime routine, take a shower, try, you know, do whatever you're doing at night and then getting into bed when you're starting to feel that sleepy time-ness. I just have to say before I go into my little tips that Lisa you use the word exercise and jazz in one sentence so I was that's why I was like laughing smiling because I was thinking when the Grinch is like 6 6 30 stare into the abyss seven o'clock jazzercise <laughs> I cannot cancel on myself again. Yeah, 7.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. <laughs> you do a great Jim Carrey voice. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, because I've had a lot of practice. I, what I recommend when it comes to having good sleep hygiene, um, number one is to do the absolute most during the day. Um, you know, a lot of people will just um, sit around or, you know, sit around, watch TV, be lazy. And then at the end of the night, they're like, oh, why, why am I not tired? That's why, because you're not expending any energy at all. 
Um, so when the nighttime comes around, you're just like, eh, might as well just keep on going. And that's why you're, you find yourself kind of staying up later than you want to. Um, I'm super guilty of this. That's why I'm recommending, re- recommending it to kind of reinforce it in my own mind that I need to do this. Um, but also, um, the number one thing that I like to do that helps me go to sleep faster and helps me stay asleep, um, has to do with the whole putting devices away, usually after like eight or nine. Um, and then just reading, reading a book until you fall asleep and like not, not giving up on that. Um, like put your devices on silent, turn them off, put them on the opposite side of the room if you have to. Um, and it's always better to, uh, read something than it is to like watch something before bed or, you know, something like that. Because again, you're, you're still exposed to that light, um, and, and sound. Um, so like Lisa said, you're, you're tricking your brain into thinking that it's still time to be doing things and it's still time to be expending energy. Um, so yeah, definitely reading is like my number one go-to. Um, and just having a, a very dim, warm light on as I'm reading. Um, not anything LED or anything crazy like that. If you're going to have any sort of like lights on while you're reading, it should be like warm, the, the warm toned lighting, because um, that will also kind of set the ambiance for you to go to bed. I, I also wanted to share that um, the Philips wake up light alarm like changed my life when it comes to sleep. So I hate the sound of an alarm clock. I absolutely like it. It's, it puts me, it, it gets me up on the wrong side of the bed, <laughs> literally. Right. And the, the wake up um, or smart sleep, I think is what it's called. The Philips smart sleep. It simulates a sunrise. So about half an hour before the alarm is set to actually go off, it starts to slowly brighten your room. And for me, I find myself waking up before the sound of the alarm actually goes off. So I'm like, ah, so I wake up and I turn off the sound and I get to start my day without being jarred out of bed (laughs) by a screech. That's similar to um, with anybody who has like a Fitbit, Uh, there is a way to have alarms on there as well. And the way that I wake up is I set on my Fitbit the alarm and I check off what they call a smart wake, um, which gives a half hour window before the intended time to like wake up. So if 830 is my time to wake up from eight to 830, it's looking at where I'm at in my sleep cycle and will wake me up at a time that makes the most sense. Um, It's uh, very jarring to wake up when you're in REM sleep. And so um, it's good to try and find a time where you're not in a deep, deep sleep to gently wake yourself up. Um, And with this, it's more of like a vibration instead of a sound. So it's just like, and it's not like anything like, intense but it's something that's like again like that gentle not like like the screaming sound of an alarm um but it's, it's another way to like gently get yourself out of the sleep cycle that you're in now we're talking about like you know healthy unhealthy you know sleep hygiene strategies 
something to recognize is if you are doing all of the healthy hygiene things for your sleep and you're still noticing uh, disruptions, uh, that that could be a sign of a sleep disorder. Um, you know, so just kind of using a gauge of, okay, I'm dimming all the lights. I'm doing all the things that the podcast told me to do. Why am I still feeling like I'm not rested, right? Or I'm waking up a lot at night. Um, and so that's a great sign to go to your doctor and potentially have a sleep study done um, and examine to see if there's something else that needs to be uh, looked at to help you get the most optimal amount of sleep. Well said, Nicole, thank you. It was a really important reminder. So I think that's all we have for today. Unless anyone else has anything for the good of the realm. Just remember to jazzercise and get good sleep. <laughs> <laughs>